Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by our YouTube uh, channel. No. <laughs> no. Uh, King Arthur is no longer around, and I don't know why he would want to sponsor our podcast in the first place. I don't know. It sounds lit. It does. But today's episode is actually brought to you by our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, type in Natural Habitat Podcast, click subscribe. You know how it goes. Daily uploads, past archives, best of week episode uh, compilations, as well as original content like top fives. Uh, I just got a green screen, so new video content is going to be coming soon. Uh, let me talk to you real quick over here, Joey. I, I, didn't, I didn't really get a green screen. I don't know why I said that. I don't either. <laughs> okay, well. We're, we're going to figure it out, but I'm going to go ahead and just keep rolling with it. Sweet. So expect all new video content coming out on YouTube slash something. Karate hands. Joey, <laughs> Joey's got the mad karate hands all day today. That's going to be our new podcast. I don't know what happened with him and his hands, but... Natural Habitat karate hands. It's like an idle hands type situation, and they got possessed by a karate master instead of a demon. But what are you going to do? So go subscribe to our YouTube. Today, we are going to be dipping into a violent and silent history. And mild hot sauce. And mild hot sauce. Welcome to another exciting episode of Hot Ones. That's what this is, right? The Hot Wing Show? It is lit, and it is me, and I am he, I am the Eggman, I am the walrus, Cuckoo Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast. Hey, it's like that? My name is Mikey Booya. My name is Roger of Luxley. Oh, very fitting, because Rob, Robin's to- cousin. today we are going back into a medieval time. Oh yeah? What oh. time? Uh, what time is it? Medieval time! Wait, what are we doing? Oh, wait, no. Sweet <laughs> chin music! <laughs> that was nice. good. That worked. They worked with each other. It was well. It was well. <laughs> <laughs> this is the number one bullshit. Number one bullshit is what it is. Um, before we get into this... What? Uh, I want to talk about something that is on everybody's mind... Never heard of it. And it is it is in everybody's mind. At least half of half of it. And that is cannabis. Alright? There's uh there's this video that a friend of I think you shared it. 
And never heard of it. Okay, here's the joke. You ready? Yeah. Uh, a priest, a rabbi, oh. <laughs> and a gay atheist. A gay atheist. A gay. Yes, that's great. We just coined that. <laughs> Walk into a room, sit down, and get high. Yes. Now, weed is known for bringing people together. Uh, there's a lot of videos. Cops smoke weed. Old people smoke weed. People try it for the first time. They all love it. Everybody loosens up. You see the cool side of people. Weed, it makes you cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of, it turned, it turned bad at the end. It turned into a, a, a ploy for weed. But, uh, weed makes you super cool. And I watched this video and it was, uh, it was a weird thing because it was two guys of two different religions plus a guy of no religion who grew up religious and everybody got high. The rabbi started asking about the atheist's lack of religion, but wasn't trying to push his religion on him. And towards the end, he said something that like really resonated with me. He was, uh, he was talking about how like he went through the trials and grew up religious and lost his faith, but he, by like talking with him and hearing the way that he talks, the things that he cares about, that he is a man of faith. He just doesn't, he believes in the universe and he believes in the world and, you know, this, like the human race and kindness and positivity. He just doesn't call it God. And he was like, I call it God. You call it the universe. But you, we both believe in the same thing is essentially what he said. And that was dope. It like super broke down the barriers. And I blame weed for that 100%. Yeah. Now, you shared that video, correct? Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard of it? Yeah, no, I shared it, yeah. It figures. It figures. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just the the answer, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. It's like the opposite of everything you ever heard. <laughs> you know, it's like alcohol and like cigarettes and all the other shit is ridiculous compared to weed. Yeah, very true. So I hope everybody out there is getting lit. Get lit. If Smoke you your grits, bros. Drink your fucking booze. Booze it up, homies. Dude, I haven't heard grit in like forever. I remember Smoke that them was, grits, homie. Talk about nostalgia. Shit. Smoking grits. Puff, puff, pass that shit. Now my mind went to like, went to grits. Don't, don't hotbox the grit, bro. <laughs> okay. Right. You need to calm down. Take it easy, <laughs> we're, homie. We're unlocking some sort of 90s demon. Fucking harshing my gig. Yep, that's what's happening. All right. My bad. I'm just trying to chill, buddy. I know. I could tell. No more wheezing the juice. <laughs> now you're just saying other people's catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're just saying Polly Shore thing. <laughs> the whole thing was that. All of it? Yeah. No way. <clears throat> Totes, bro. Holy shit. All right, let's do this. Okay, meat and potatoes? Yep, let's fucking... Let's, Today... Let's, Let's nail this shit. Another conspiracy in the bag. All right, let's do it. Yeah, yesterday, Tuesday. Yesterday, Tuesday. That is the last Tuesday that happened. We were here talking about secret societies. And uh, we dove into all these different ones, the ones that we've heard about, ones that were less known. And 
this told us that the earliest secret society was the Rosicrucians in like the 1600s or something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they're like, this is the beginning. This is the secret society that started it all. And we were like, eh, I don't know if that is for real. So we figured that the most recognizable thing in history that would be considered as a secret society would be the Knights Templar. Yeah. Now they're they're the oldest. Knights Templar has to be the oldest. Yeah, this was in <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna cut out that wink that nobody could hear, even though it did make a noise like ding and I'm gonna cut out that laugh. All these laughs right now in this explanation. And we're gonna come back in in three, two, one. So they're the oldest. That is the oldest, 1100 AD, somewhere around there is when the Knights of Templar started. It was actually, you know what, I'll tell you 100% that it was 1129 AD. 1129. Uh-huh. That's when it was formed. And this was a military service for the Christian church. Well, is, that, is that a good way to describe it? I don't know. They were uh, they were known as the Order of Solomon's Temple, aka Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ. Huh. Aka Knights Templar. Aka the uh, Power of the Streets. Right? They were the people. <laughs> That's right? right. Yeah, they yeah, were. They're the, they're the streets. Knights Templar, the poor people. You you poor brothers in the streets taking all your money. Yeah, because they uh, they would give a vow of like, of what's the word? I forget it. They would give some sort of, you know what? We actually have this video that'll give us some information. All right, let's chop it up. Because we're retarded. And then we will get into it and then come back after one of these. And we'll, and we'll be like, wow. We'll yeah. be like, whoa. And we'll be like, that's we didn't know <laughs> that. That's so we'll crazy. We'll be like, no way. And then we'll be like, let's let's see the next one. It's gonna <laughs> right, be it's gonna be great. It's great. Let's do it. Here we go. Number one. Number ten. They basically invented banks. The Knights Templar were founded in 1120 as a security force of sorts to protect the various pilgrims, travelers, and merchants roving about the tumultuous area surrounding Jerusalem. To this end, the knight set up a system whereby anyone traveling about the Holy Land could deposit any valuables with a local Templar, who'd issue them with a note. This note could then be exchanged at any other Templar office in the Holy Land for the value of the items in gold or an equivalent piece of precious metal or stone. These notes were essentially an early form of checks, and historians note that the Templars pretty much created what would be considered as the first formal banking system. This not only made traveling about the Holy Land much safer, since pilgrims could travel without anything valuable on their person, meaning bandits had little incentive to rob anyone, but it made the Templars one of the singular most powerful and wealthy commercial entities on Earth. This is because the Templars were... Number 9. Pow, I think that's pretty gangster, actually. They were more of, like, um, security than a bank. They're kind of a bank, but it was more like... You can trust us to take care of your shit. Yeah. But they also had... But you pay us to do it. uh And they also had the element to where if you are traveling, that you could bring in all your goods, how you could just drop them off there, 
get them all tallied up and then go and pick up the equal amount of gold or goods somewhere else. And I imagine that you could go and like pick out, you know, you have 97 fucking whatever units of currency that we had at the time. And then you go, okay, well, I'll take uh, 25 unis and then I will take, uh, you know, one of these and one of those and one of that and one of this and like almost like a store and you have this credit. That's how I imagine it. But it's like it's like the new Amazon stores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just walk you in just, and take you whatever you want. And leave. Yeah, you just grab shit and then it knows what you take. And uh huh. See, we've people think we've come so far, but have we? I don't know. It's all wrapped How, back. What what year was this? They had Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon stole their shit. Right? Yeah, maybe the Knights of the Temp. Maybe Knights of the Templar is what I keep trying to say, but maybe Knights the Knights Templar. Are uh, are really still around, and they're Amazon. The people how at did, Amazon are the descendants. How do they do it? They're like, here, we'll just we'll pigeon it over there. Uh huh. We'll send we'll send a pigeon that tells them wherever <laughs> you're going to expect these motherfuckers. They used to do to, that. They're coming to cash in on their shit. That was like the early internet, you know. Yeah. Think. All right. They used to do that legit. They would send messages on pigeons, and they would train them, and like. Something like 85% of the pigeons would never make it to the place that they were trying to go. Yeah, some of them would eat them. <laughs> yeah. And it would, they would get off course or something would like another bird would get them or a person would shoot them down or hit them with a rock or some shit. A fucking dinosaur or a fucking, uh, you know, like a pterodactyl or like a fucking yeah, kind of chi- chicken hawk. Back in 1100 AD, a pterodactyl would fly down Bro, and remember, kill them. Remember Dinosaurs are real, and they were recent. <laughs> Not that recent, though. Yeah, Look, bro. We're gonna get into that later, okay? Pterodactyls are we'll, real. We'll get into that next week. Think if anyone could still exist, like fucking sharks and fucking alligators and shit, it could be a pterodactyl because they fly. <laughs> they could go wherever the fuck they wanted. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they could they could have evolved into some solar shit by now and just had to stay up in the sky all the time, never even come back down. They could just pick and eat shit out of the sky and drink clouds and shit. You know, like they're fucking badasses. I'm pretty sure that we're both still giggling at your pronunciation of pterodactyl. It's pterodactyl. I'm thinking about people that are listening and are like, are these guys both saying pterodactyl forever? Serious. Like, yeah. Pterodactyl. Serious business. If you look it up, that's how it is pronounced, okay? Pterodactyl. Learn it. Did you see that video going around about the real pronunciation of the Imperial Walker? Yeah, and it's true. Yeah, it's called At-At? Yeah. Mm, I've been, I've, I'm on ATAT team. Team, Me, a, team ATAT. Just, be, <laughs> just because we said something wrong doesn't mean that, you know, it's right. Yeah, and doesn't mean that it's wrong either. No, Does that, wait, it doesn't mean it's bad, is what I meant to say. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's Just because I've been saying it wrong these whole years doesn't mean that I don't, that I love Star Wars any less, or that I'm any less of a fanboy. That's just what I've heard. ATAT. It's real. I think it might, that, I think that video might be trolling us. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the new uh, Mandela effect thing? Always. There's this new Mandela effect that, there's some people out there that swear that the Red Hot Chili Peppers made a good album. But when you go and look <laughs> through their discography, they're all bad. <laughs> all right, let's get to this next one. Okay, all right. Number nine. Number two. Also basically a megacorp that owns Cyprus. 
It's difficult to emphasize just how rich the Templars were, because for a time they basically owned everything in the Holy Land. Initially, much of the Order's funds came from donations, which the Templars carefully invested in everything from farms to the textile industry. Virtually all profits from these ventures were funneled directly back to the Order's coffers, where they were once again invested by Templars specially trained in financial dealings. The Order's business savvy eventually culminated in them owning, amongst other things, the entire freaking island of Cyprus. Now you'd think that with all of this wealth, individual knights were obscenely wealthy. Hell, there are even conspiracy theories today that suggest certain wealthy individuals are only flushed with cash because they're descendants of the Templars, which doesn't really make sense because... Okay, this guy's doing a lead-in. <laughs> to all of his next points <laughs> and the way the way the place that i'm pausing it is very misleading doesn't make sense because and that'll lead into number eight but they did own a lot of shit and that's what i was thinking when uh when i heard about how they were like a bank and took everybody's stuff is all the control and power you, that they had you know who else owns a lot of shit who scientologists yeah they do they own uh like fucking Everywhere in the More world. than half the real estate in Los Angeles, I know that. They own shit everywhere in the world. Everywhere in the goddamn world. Yeah. And they have the least amount of members out of any uh, religion. Mambies? They're made up mambies. <laughs> 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 made up, made up mambies. Uh, mm -hmm. Mambies? Hey, um, shout out to them for being rich, you know? <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, I mean, hey, if you offer a service that people that all people need you can't help that yeah so and check this out if say if we were working at one of these templar banks right and we had to swear off all the money couldn't have any money we just they took care of us had to be a virgin <laughs> yeah had to be a virgin you know what i mean but we get a chill at this place and then people come and bring their stuff and then turn it in and then we get a like we don't really get to like buy things or have things, but say if someone brings in like a paddle ball game, like one of those balls on a string or a ball in a cup or whatever was cool back then, then or like a hope, like a hoop with a stick, then we'll. Uh, <laughs> you then, <laughs> the first time. <laughs> hope with a stick. Yeah, because that's all they fucking had. Hope and a stick. Shit. Hope and a stick. <laughs> and then, uh, so what it uh, is is like yeah. you. When those people leave and go back home or go on their travels, you get to play with that stuff. Like, you get to play oh. with all those toys and you get to, you know, uh, ride the little, uh, I'm trying to it's think of things cool. they had. They didn't have you, anything cool back then. If, if you were going to, um, be in the group, you had to be like a fucking, like a legit, on type of member going somewhere. Like, somebody going to be running some shit or you're going to be miserable. If you don't have some fucking type of benefits and you're just some like fucking, uh, you know, <laughs> some worker bee, yeah. you know, life is not going to be pleasant for you. It's not going to be like great. But then again, um, whose life was great back then? True. Even, even the rich people got sick and yeah, it's like had to deal with bullshit and fucking whatever maybe that was better than living in uh in squalor in some mud pit eating uh eating bread with horse shit in it are any of these things accurate to the time <laughs> <Sounds> so good <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to number eight all right cool. 
or eight individual knights were dirt poor. Although collectively the Knights Templar represented one of the singular most powerful forces the ancient world had ever seen, individually Knights of the Order had no material wealth to speak of. This is largely because to become a knight one had to make a vow of poverty and donate all their worldly goods to the Order to be used as it saw fit. In fact, the Templars were founded on the idea that no single member would ever have more than they needed. Something that becomes all too apparent if you consider the original, less Wu-Tang-style name the Templars had when it was founded, the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon. Even the Templars' logo reflects their humble origins and commitment to a Spartan lifestyle, two knights riding a single horse. Now, this isn't to say that the Templars didn't enjoy a number of perks. For perks it? Yeah, they love perks <clears throat> back then. It was their big oh, thing. Hell yeah. Uh, that's crazy, man. Kites Templar. So high as shit. So you had to, uh, you had to literally like give up your life to the church. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's crazy shit. And I mean, look, if you're in a position of power in the organization, there's going to be benefits no matter what. Yeah. Even if, even if you like, swear to give up your shit that's cool none of it's yours like you like you were alluding to earlier like you get to just use the shit while you have it type of situation that is more most certainly true in a lot of aspects and then uh rich motherfuckers would live i I mean like the head knights or whatever would live like rich motherfuckers you know because <laughs> they would have like access and they would be like in control somewhat of like whatever their horde is or whatever, you know, like they'd be able to fucking, um, like they said, use as they see fit, right? Well, who is they? It's those, the power that be, those in charge, they motherfuckers. Yep. It's true. It's, yeah, that's like what? The head fucking knight unicorn? What do they call them? I don't know. How do you tell the difference in ranking? I don't know. There was a. Uh, there was it's like. It's probably like the way they dress. I'm sure it's always something <clears> like that. <throat> and how much better was it for the higher up guys? You know what I mean? Well, access, right? Like when you're the one in charge of like knowing what you're gonna delegate to and like what what you're gonna do with all the shit. Where are you allocating it? Where's it gonna go? What do you gotta do with it and shit? You know, like, you're gonna get the best of because you got, like, the f first contact. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you, you get everything and then you're like, okay, give me some of this shit and then send it to where it's gotta go or whatever and fucking, yeah. you know, that's what a boss does. Mm -hmm. But you're still a bitch. You're still working for somebody. Yeah, who's that though? The collective hive mind, you know, it's like no nobody was really in charge, right? Uh no, I don't think so. I think that it was like uh I think that it was almost like reminiscent of like how anonymous is now. Like how it's kind of just a collective of people instead of one person running the whole thing. But, uh... I don't know. It says Papa Bull. Who the fuck is that? Papa Bull. So, um... I don't know, man. We're gonna have to look into that. But, in the meantime, let's jump to this next one. Number three. Number seven. They were above all laws. 
As if making fat wedges of cash for much of their existence wasn't enough, in 1139, the winner of the 12th century's best-named papal figure competition, Pope Innocent II, declared that the Templars were above all authority except his own and that of other, less awesomely named popes. This was largely done to allow Templars to travel across borders without being molested, but had the agreeable side effect of meaning that they no longer had to pay taxes or obey any local laws. This helps the order's power and wealth grow exponentially, which inevitably saw them make unthinkably powerful enemies, one of whom numbers. Okay, so that yeah. was that was the dude right there. That dude who made the them Yeah, that Pope that made them all tax exempt and shit was the first Grand Master. No. Mm-hmm. No. First Grand Master of the Knights Templar. And they were uh, they were made as muscle, dude. They were made as muscle to spread the Christian religion and to get rid of everything else. I mean, we're not even we haven't even gotten into the into the Crusades, which is the major part of the Knights Templar existence. Sure. So, you know, this was uh, it says right here, man. It says right here on a very reputable site. <laughs> that, that their first commander was uh, a French guy or whatever, some name. And their last grandmaster was another guy with a weird name that I can't say. But they were the Pope? Yeah, let's see who this guy was. Uh, no, they were the king at the time of... Uh, The kingdom. <laughs> the kingdom. <laughs> he was the co-founder of the Knights Templar, St. Bernard Calvarox. He created the Latin rule, the code of behavior of order. So, yeah. He was the king of the place, of the kingdom. King Baldwin II of Jerusalem. Kingdom of Jerusalem. So maybe he was the king of Jerusalem. I don't know, man. I didn't live there. Nor Shit. did I do enough research, apparently. Shit. All right. Had the order destroyed because he owed them money. Historians note that the major proponents behind the destruction of the Templars was King Philip IV of France, who decided to raise the order to the ground and torture murder all of its members because he didn't want to pay back the money he owed them. The main problem King Philip had, though, is that with the Templars, as you'd expect, for an order of God-loving pauper knights, there wasn't really any dirt on them that Philip could spin to his advantage. So he decided to instead make some up and used his clout as King of France to force the church to investigate a series of cartoonishly absurd rumors that the Templars had been spitting on the cross and engaging in saying that God didn't exist. You know, the same group of Templars that gave up their entire life in service of God and could quote the Bible backwards. Due to King Philip's dogged persistence, many Templars admitted to these trumped-up charges after being tortured, given the king all he needed to pounce on the weakened organization and arrest everyone. As fate would have it, the date this happened is probably one you'd recognize because... Okay, dang. Okay, dang. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Yeah, what a dick. Yeah, so he didn't want to pay back his debt, so he made all these fucking false charges. But imagine that, though, right? Yeah, that's how it goes, man. Mm -hmm. Still, to this day. Yeah, it's still going. It's always like that. Mm-hmm. 
and apparently this next one says that hundreds of Templars were arrested on Friday the 13th. Number five, hundreds of Templars were arrested I just on said Friday that. Number five. the 13th. Friday the 13th has long been considered an unlucky date and nobody is really sure why. One popular theory, and the one most pertinent to this video, is that it's the date King Philip arranged to have every French Templar arrested. While there are dozens of other theories about the origins of why Friday the 13th is unlucky, it being the day hundreds of totally innocent men were arrested, forced to admit to betraying their deepest held beliefs under torture, and then summarily executed, is probably as good a theory as any. Speaking of the persecution of the Templars... So? Um, that sounds like... Police brutality. Yeah, that also sounds like some uh, like <laughs> witchcraft no, propaganda. I, no, yeah, no, I don't know. That sounds like a million things, actually. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, that's so common, you know, like throughout all time. It's like, here, we're going to torture you until you say some shit. And then is that shit even some reliable shit? Because that's always the thing, right? You know, it's yeah. like people, people will say anything to get you to stop doing whatever you're doing to them. So it's like, is torture ever a relevant fucking, yeah. you know? They still. I mean, it, it is for getting a fucking uh, conviction or something, I guess, or like a fucking, you know, or yeah. like, like like they were doing, trying to, trying to get them to admit some shit so they could kill them or whatever, you know? Like that's, um, sounds, sounds about right. Yeah, they still do it today with... Uh you know, like, uh, like interrogations and shit. Like in that show. Guantanamo Bay Watch. Mm hmm. Well, I'm not even talking about like hardcore torture. I'm talking about like, uh, like in Making a Murderer when they had his, uh, his like gumpy fucking nephew in there, that Brendan Dassey kid. Oh, yeah. And they were like, so what did you do to her head? And there she was like, he's all, we shaved it. And what else did you do? Uh, kick, we kicked it. What else did you do to her head? And they were trying to get him to say sh that they shot her in the head. And they just, he just kept saying a bunch of things that didn't even happen. Like a whole bunch of things. And then finally was like, shot it. And they were like, okay, good. And then kept him there for like 16 hours. <laughs> Sounds like South Park. <laughs> kept him there for like 16 <laughs> hours and told him that he could go back to school. If he okay, just told him. So he was like, I thought I'd go back to school. Very nice. Mm -hmm. And then Jeez, he man. was fucking hauled off to jail. Gone. And yeah, yeah, that held on. up in court. That, that, uh, confession, if you would, if you want to call it that, held up in court. And he was just to the point to where he was like a slow kid. He was like 16 and he was just saying what they wanted him to say so that he could go home. He'd been there for hours and hours, and he was like, okay, dude, yeah, whatever. Whatever you want me to say. And then they had to, like, coax it out of him and shit. And no matter what the outcome in those situations, it's like um, somebody has to, like, play the bad guy. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. There's really no, no winner, you know? It's like everybody... Everybody's like on a team, no matter what side you're on, no matter how you relate to it, everybody's like gonna pick a team 
you're either on the side of whoever it is or you're not. You're either on the side of the system or against it. You're either, you know what I'm saying? It's always like, you know, that's what it is. Every, even like uh, when we just, you know, we just watched that OJ thing recently. People, uh, people would pick teams for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, like you, you never know why or what motivates somebody to like think or do the way they do. You know, you, you never know what their past is or what they've been through. So it's like people relate to things in different ways and everybody picks teams, picks a side. Oh, I'm team. I'm team freaking whatever, you know, I'm team te- this, team that. I'm team Templar. I'm team freaking. Are you? You team Templar? I'm team Jacob. I'm fucking, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm team fucking, <laughs> fucking knights of something. All right. Being two historians, a sizable percentage <laughs> of Templars were, number six, caught because of their beards. Like many hipsters and post-hardcore bands today, the Templars were fans of gigantic bushy beards that they wore across <laughs> countless battlefields with pride and personally uh-huh. mustard stains on Templar. their faces. The beards of Templars were so iconic that when King Philip and later most of the world began to arrest them, they could easily be picked out of a crowd, then tortured and executed, simply by the fact that they had three feet of fuzz attached to their chin. It's recorded that many Templars attempted to avoid detection by simply shaving their faces and taking off their iconic white tunics. Which apparently didn't go too well what? because we're talking about it now, <laughs> 700 years later, meaning they were either caught or bragged about it after the fact. We'd personally prefer to think that it was the latter because by the sounds of it, the Templars had it pretty rough for a while. Then again, they were used to life crapping all over them. Uh, So literally all they had to do was shave their face and take off their fucking t- tunics. This guy describing it had me thinking one second there's easy top and then the next second they're fucking... KKK, <laughs> you know, it was all good with like the three foot beards. And then I was just thinking, okay, maybe they were just all like, cool. And then you were like, oh no. And then he said white tunics. And I'm like, mm, nice. mm-hmm. a beard and a white robe is never good. Never nah. a good combo. Not unless you're, no, I was going to say, unless you're a wizard, but they say that they're wizards. And I'm like, no, you can't even say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah, fuck that. Number three. They were never allowed to surrender. At their time, the Templar Knights were feared and respected across the world for their battlefield prowess, fearlessness, and rad-as-hell armor. Decked head-to-toe in heavy plate steel with the best weapons and training money could buy, Templar Knights were near-invincible in combat and considered it their duty to charge into battle first and stay there until everything around them was either dead or currently having its face cleaved in two by a two-handed broadsword. Templar Knights swore on their honor to never surrender or leave the battlefield as long as a flag bearing their symbol was being flown somewhere in their vicinity and were similarly bound to protect the Templar flag with their lives if necessary. Because of this, Templar Knights were often the first to enter battle and the last to leave. This gave rise to many legends about Templar Knights' skill and combat proficiency, which... SPARTA! So, they were savages as fuck. They're fucking... Crowding hands. You know what? And that just goes to show you that anything is possible with the power of Jesus. Whoa, bro. Weird, because, number two, only about 10% of Templars were knights. 
when the word Templar is mentioned, the first image that pops into most people's heads is that of a towering armor-clad figure wearing a Colgate white tunic with a blood-red cross in the middle of it. While the Templar ranks did indeed contain knights that would be considered legendary hero-level units in any Age of Empires game, they only made up around 10% of the Templar's numbers. The other 90% largely functioned in a supporting role, either working as squires or in the various holdings the Templars controlled. Even at the peak of their power, experts estimate that the Templars only had at most 2,000 knights within their ranks, which doesn't sound like that many. And to ensure they were easy to recognize on the battlefield, Templars could always be found wearing a piercingly white tunic with a red cross on it. Oh, and when we say Templars always wore the... Uh... So... Only 2,000, but owned everything? Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lack of numbers being reported for a reason. Well, there was, uh, there was 200,000 at their... No, 20,000 at their biggest when they were at their largest and i think that's all members including all the bank workers and all that shit all the high ups people that don't see battle so here's this last one about their about their white racist tunics wow tunics we mean that number 1 that templars always wore those tunics the iconic white tunic of the Templar Knights has become one of the most recognized aspects of the Order, and has been endlessly copied in countless films, TV shows, and books set in medieval times. Presumably because during the times of the Templars, individual knights were forbidden from taking it off while they were awake because of what it represented. In a nutshell, the white of the tunic signified the knight's purity, whereas the red cross symbolized his commitment to dying in battle, something that was considered a great honor back then. To ensure they never forgot this or the unbreakable vows they made to God, knights couldn't eat, drink, or talk to one another if they weren't wearing their tunics. Because of this, the tunic inevitably <laughs> came to be the most recognizable symbol of the Order, a symbol so powerful that it has outlived the Templars themselves. Crazy. I mean, like, the meaning and stuff is cool or whatever, you know? You're not even allowed to eat or drink. Without wearing your tunic. Or yeah. talk to each other. Yeah. So if you lose your tunic, or somebody takes it when you're swimming, or you're banging or something like that, you could die. If you're yeah. like if you're like on a journey. Of exposure. You're just out there all by yourself, lonely, in the dark. Yeah, and you could starve. You're not allowed to eat. There could be food in front of you, and you could starve. What do you do? I don't you know, starve, man. You starve like a champ. I think you? I I think back then everything was like all of this was fueled by a fear, by fear of God. So he was like samurais, where they like fall on their own sword and shit. I think that if he was like, you know, if I eat, then I'm gonna disgrace the knights. I'm gonna disgrace my God. I'm gonna be shunned, and then I'm not gonna get uh into heaven and get you know to eat cotton candy with fucking. Roy Rogers or whatever the hell you do there. I know that there's extremists, like when it comes to stuff like that, but I just have a hard time believing at any point in time that the general population of people were that extreme. Like, oh, I'm not going to disgrace things by not eating. Yeah, fucking right. Just eat, dude. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Go find another tunic. Quit bitching. You know, it's like... People, I don't know, I, I mean, like, I'm sure the religious thing was, like, you know, and, like, the, the fanatics would, like, do it to be all, like, 
dramatic and like prove whatever or whatever. But I don't know. I think like the general people weren't that much crazy. Yeah. They couldn't all have been crazy because if everybody was crazy, there wouldn't be no people left. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. So, uh, the, the theory goes that all of the knights were murdered by this king, King Philip the Fourth. He had them all burned at the stake and shit, killed them all. Some of them, a lot of people believe, just went into hiding, shaved their beards and took off their things and were like, fuck this. Why do I have to wear my thing? I could just fucking put on new clothes and then nobody knows who the fuck I am. And a lot of, a surprising amount of them, because it was a lot easier to disappear back then, I imagine. So a surprising amount of them probably left, dispersed somewhere else in the world, started families, did their thing. And uh, just recently that guy found some... uh on his property, some underground, uh, like Knights Templar fucking temple. Did you see that? I don't know. There was like, uh, there was a video of it. Here, let me, uh, well, let me, here's, I got here's it. Here's what I, I, here's what I want to say about it while you find it. All right, go ahead. Um, the day that the king announced it, they all had a heads up. So it's like, you know, and things always leak. I don't care what time it is, what time frame, what year frame or whatever, you know. Um, leaks happen just like today. You know, leaks will always happen or always have happened. And so, like, I feel like the, the knights had to have known it was coming and had plenty of time to, like, know, you know, had plenty of time to, like, prepare to fucking, um, evacuate all their, like, worth all the things that they had accumulated, you know, like their treasures and their fucking things that were of value or whatever. They had time to like change their appearance. And like, like you said, some would make their way. I think majority of them made their way out because like legit had a fucking, you know, uh, a heads up when, when you announce something like that, then everybody knows, you know, so it's not like they could have, killed them all in a day like like they said it took a while to get them all and then by the time they supposedly you know got the last um high-ranking member or whatever that's like that sounds to me like um off for show you yeah know? like like they would do now they put somebody on a fucking on tv and make an example out of them and like try to force the rest of the people to think like something more is happened than actually happened you know and i think i think that a um, majority of people just made a clean break and got out and took all this shit with them and continued on handling business as usual just other places and got got rid of this stupid old french king that died yeah yeah <laughs> not too long after you know uh-uh. i think so too i, I always want to give you know like the, the more i'm i think about stuff i tend to like want to give them the benefit of the doubt because you know People are not stupid. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this cave was found in, uh, Shropshire. 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 And it dates back 700 years. Some dude found it on his land, and it was just a tiny hole. You can look it up on YouTube. It's called Rabbit Hole Leads to Medieval Cave. And it really, uh, it was this tiny fucking rabbit's hole. 
and it turned into this huge fucking cave when he walked into it. And he put in a bunch of candles where they would have lights. There's all kinds of pillars and shit. Sounds like Little John's. Uh huh. And this is right, uh, right around the corner from me and Robin's. <laughs> That's your. What is your name again today? Roger. Roger of Loxley. Yeah. All right. <laughs> are you wait? Are you Robin's? Are you related? Yeah. Or are you like married? Cousins, bro. All right, cousins, bro. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. But this is uh, pretty crazy, right? Yeah. That's heavy shit. So a lot of them uh, escaped into places like this, little underground shimmies and jimmies. Foxholes, holes, fucking. Mm-hmm. Rabbit holes, foxholes, all these little holes <laughs> and shit. But, uh, you know, I think that, we were talking about it, and we think that they definitely turned into something else. Things evolve, things morph, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Samurai Sword, Roommate, blah, blah, blah. So it says on, if you were to go to Wikipedia and look at the history of Freemasonry, you'll find that Freemasonry dates back the first writings about Freemasonry are from 1390 and the Knights Templar ended in 1312. So that's a good, you know, disappearing chunk of time. Everyone get their shit together. Their kids start writing stuff. But we found this website for the Lodge of Stability, which is, I think, like, some sort of sect of Freemasonry, like how the Shriners Temple is, you know what I mean? Mm. How they have a, mm, mm. how they have Ugh. like all these, all these different, like tiny, like Elks Lodge type things, but they all have the same, like compass and book Freemasonry. Oh, you talking about logo. the tiny cars? Yeah, 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 tiny cars, the Shriners. Oh, you talking about the tiny hats? Yeah, tiny hats, tiny cars, children's hospitals. For tiny p- people, I saw recently that there's a there's a new thing now that people are doing. They're like riding around in tiny jeeps. Really? Like like little mini jeeps? Yeah, I saw a video of it. Look it up on YouTube. Tiny jeeps. And do they do they get like and hella I, gas and I was mileage? Like, hey, I was like, smooth moves, bro. But Shriners did it first. Yeah, definitely. Sure, it's like a little little tiny jeep. They're all four by now. It's pretty cool. It looks like fun. Man, that told, sounds cool. Totally look like Shriners. That sounds fresh. I want one now. Shit, they're brick powered. <laughs> uh, I was reading on this website, the Lodge of Stability, and All right. if you go to uh, the Freemasonry tab, it has like a little history of free- history and mystery of Freemasonry, and in here <laughs> it says that. Masonry can be traced back to 1280 in England where it was introduced where it is believed to have been introduced in the 9th century by stonemasons moving from the continent to build monasteries, castles, and cathedrals. And it was uh, it says that the ceremonies are based on two subjects, the progress of an entered apprentice 
through his trade as a stonesman to the level of Master Mason and the building of the Temple of King Solomon in Jerusalem. Okay, sound familiar? Temple of King Solomon? Like, kind of like uh, the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon? Like the Knights fucking Templar? The Knights Templar are the Freemasons. Okay? Dang. Freemasons were around first in the ninth century. They secretly created the Knights Templar. So you know how we're like, who did it? Who created this? Some fucking king? Some guy? Some pope? Who was it? It Who's the boss? Somebody's always the boss, right? Freemasons were the boss. Freemasons were the boss. I think they were the first ones. I think that makes sense. I want to take a stretch. Yeah? No, I don't. I'm just kidding. You decided not to say it? Yeah, I'm not going to say it. You take it back? (laughs) Yeah, because... Uh, we'll bust it later. All right. If that's what you want to do. Yeah, I have a theory they go back even farther than we think. Yeah. Well. Let's just say that. Well, we are going to wrap up Secret Society Week and actually get to the bottom of all of this with Saturday's Saturday film. Saturday matinee. Mm-hmm. Or no, wait. Yeah, you're is right. It, is it a matinee? It's a Saturday matinee. Well, I know. It's the NHP commentary. Oh, it's commentary? But I guess they're called matinees now. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday matinary. It's a Saturday matinary, and we are going to be enjoying... <laughs> a, the, a great film. The Last Crusade, right? Oh, shh. Oh, wait. We are going to be enjoying... Beep! A great film. I'm going to cut out that first one, and then we're going to slide that one in there. Some type of film. Some type of film. Who knows? I don't. But it is inside of this envelope, and I will be opening it right after I hit stop on this recording, and then we will know what movie we're going to be doing tomorrow. All right. Well, we love you guys. We'll see you later. Roger that. Oh, yeah. It's Indiana Jones. The Last Crusade. Natural Habitat Recordings.